Hello everyone, I'm Amazon, and this is Amazon's Gadget Talk for my Tuesday, 1st of June, 2021. Man, it feels good to be back talking about all things tech, new phones, new gadgets, all sorts of good stuff. I mean, uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, I hope it didn't miss much, but since we did our kind of previous episode several weeks back, since then, so much has happened in the world of technology. A lot of new devices, a lot of new phones have come out. Uh, there's the Chinese variant of the Redmi Note 10, uh, which has a MediaTek chip, strangely, and faster charging. And then, then there was the Poco M3 Pro 5G, which is a really good um, phone in that regard, uh, in the sense that it's 5G, a MediaTek chip, Dimensity 700, um, 48 megapixel triple camera, all this for like 180 euros, which which is what Mpoco is pretty good at. Affordable phones, top notch. That was announced two weeks ago. And uh, and on top of that, uh, Xiaomi also like uh, showed off their new Redmi Air Dots uh, 3 Pro, which is their newest uh, TWS earbuds that they have. Uh, hopefully, they do come out. Uh, they do launch us out of China, and looks they look like pretty interesting phone to say the least but more than everything uh, there were some new Apple gadgets that came out the AirTags the iMac with the Apple M1 chip and I'm trying to think of another device that came out almost like it uh, the iPad Pro uh, that came with the Apple M1 chip which I think was a significantly big deal in and of itself and it was wonderful seeing that they've done that and obviously Apple Music has gotten a high hi-fi mode a high-res mode so it can play back high-res music so that's pretty cool but obviously uh, now that we've kind of been back we we'll probably want to talk about more and more things that are coming out uh, so so let's kind of start realme and they also got tons of new things coming out uh, day in day out almost seems like they're making uh, releasing a phone every once in a while they do roll out phones very quickly every six months or every couple of months there's probably a new model out there I think it's kind of healthy it's competition and uh, more the more competition the better but they have a brand new phone which is called the X7 Max 5G which is a, another interesting mid-range phone uh, to say the least it's slightly high-end from the looks of it now this is at the very moment at this very po point of time this is only uh, releasing in India unfortunately uh, so uh, we'll have to wait and see whether this rolls out in other regions it, this could be called the, uh, the GT Neo uh, because that's what uh, there's a similar model to this but in case you're curious, the X7 Max 5G has a uh, MediaTek Dimensity 1200 processor that comes with dual SIM 5G, uh, Wi-Fi 6, um, a 64 megapixel Sony camera, IMX 682 sensor, 8 megapixel ultrawide sensor, 2 megapixel macro shooter. Uh, in that regard, uh, it has uh, Android 12 out of the gate. Uh, it has Android 11 out of the gate when you buy the phone, as it is. Uh, but aside from that, you get 50 watts wired Super Dart fast charging, 120 hertz Super AMOLED display, which is roughly 6.43 inches. You get 120 hertz, which I think is a must-have in 2021 in that regard. Uh, interestingly enough, the phone will come with either 8 or 12 gigabytes of RAM, equivalently with 128 or 256 gigabytes of storage. And the storage is UFS 3.1, which is not that bad. So the phone as it is would start from 27,000 Indian rupees, so uh, in terms of currency calculation that would essentially be 
for around 40 to 50,000 Pakistani rupees or 372 dollars uh, for the base spec 8 gigabytes of RAM 128 gigabytes of storage this is just one of those interesting mid to high-end phones that are out there MediaTek chip is cool to have but also for importantly enough this phone has 5g which I think a lot of people will be looking to get uh, because 5G networks obviously are yet to launch in India and Pakistan and some markets but uh, Remo is kind of getting ready for the day the phone networks go online so your phone could support it that's interesting but on top of that um, Realme have other sort of ecosystem products that are launching they have a brand new smart TV they're launching for the Indian market which has uh, which uh, is called the Realme smart TV 4k so 4k resolution and uh, it's coming in 43 or 50 inch sizes a 43 inch would be is amazing because it's compact and it's affordable but this is interesting being this is a competitively priced tv competing with obviously redmi and oneplus in terms of price pricing uh now these both tvs are a are 4k resolution uh feature dolby vision out of the gate latest version of android tv uh you know and awfully similar okay an interesting design was kind of similar to redmi redmi smart tvs in that regard uh, you get dolby atmos supported uh, you get a pair of 12 watt speakers three hdmi ports two usbs uh it has a mediatek chip woohoo great uh with two gigabytes of ram and 16 gigabytes of storage out of the gate now the realme smart tv 4k uh, this is only coming for the indian market would start at roughly four twenty eight thousand Indian rupees so that would roughly be um, give or take this should be it's uh, um, 27,000 I mean let me check I mean so it cost almost 60,000 Pakistani rupees which is surprising I, I don't think anyone would buy such TV at such a price uh, but it looks like a premium model from the looks of it and the 50 inch would cost 40,000 Indian rupees or 80,000 Pakistani rupees. If you're curious about the dollar uh, uh, amounts, uh, the fourth, so the 43 inch would be about 385 bucks. The 50 inch would be 550 bucks. So it is a pretty good uh, value for money. And obviously, the, these TVs will be available in India from June 4th. Real, Realme is stepping up there. Okay, both device products will be available uh, from June 4th. So that's interesting to say the least. Um, now they have a, also they've started a, a sort of a sub brand for uh, IoT devices called Dizo. So uh, that's kind of interesting to say the least. Um, if I mean if that tickles you fancy, kind of. So that's all your like Redmi, Realme stuff that that we've where that we've seen so far. So uh, yeah, I mean it's pretty interesting times ahead. And so moving on to some Apple news, um, one thing that's obvious is aside from the new Apple device, uh, the new iMac that came out, the, the AirTags, the upcoming iOS updates and stuff, we have a, we have WWDC happening next week. It's the 32nd Worldwide Developers Conference uh, uh, is going uh, to be interesting as the second event that Apple's hosting that is a virtual event because in-person events can't really happen because of coronavirus and stuff I kind of have to mention the Rona but I mean as a result the events virtual and you can watch live streams of all the sessions and and the keynote will be happening uh, next uh, this coming Monday uh, at uh, 10 a.m. the usual time that Apple does its keynotes I don't have to tell you can google it in that regard 
interestingly, obviously, Apple is planning to launch at the event. They're going to show off iOS 15, iPad OS 15, Watch OS 8, TV OS 15, Mac OS 12. I read somewhere that Mac OS 12 could be called could its nickname could be Monterey uh, because they have to name it after some actual place uh, in in California. But uh, in case you're curious, iOS 15 c uh, potentially could include an updated lock screen uh, with more privacy features and stuff, uh, so you can control your, you know, uh, your, your UI a bit more. Um, you can actually, apparently, you could create custom categories for handling notifications. So you can have a custom notifications for certain apps and certain processes. Was interesting. Um, and apparently Apple is looking to add this in iOS 15 ability to see what apps are silently collecting data from users. Again, this is on top of the app tracking transparency that was introduced in iOS 14.6, I believe. And it was a big, big deal when it came out in and of itself. Uh, so, and also iPadOS 15, which is almost similar to iOS 15 in a sense, uh, could allow user, uh, could uh, give you the ability to essentially add widgets to any part of the home screen so you can now you, like the iPhone you can intermix your home screen with widgets and apps which I think would make it more interesting so that's a welcome change to start with but that's not even the biggest news out there that potentially could come with WWDC apparently we could be seeing new MacBook Pros a 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pro now we've talked about it several episodes ago about the new upcoming uh, MacBook Pros but they could feature the M1X or M2 chip, which I think I'm genuinely excited for. If they do that, I think these are probably the MacBook Pros to buy in that sense if they roll it out with an M1X or M2 chip, um, to say the least. But interestingly, uh, these upcoming MacBook Pros, they may come at WWC, WWDC or they may not come at WWDC, you never know. But um, they could feature a MagSafe port, an HDMI port, an SD card reader, bringing those ports back to the MacBook Pro. Uh, on top of USB-C ports, but I kind of do think that USB-C has become like quite common, so this could happen. It it depends on who you ask, really, but it can happen. Uh, so, so that's what like the new MacBook Pros. That's not the only thing that uh, that could be coming out in this year's WWDC. Um, interestingly, Apple is looking to adopt OLED technology uh, on some of its iPads ne from next year. This is according to a report from ET News claiming, uh, claiming, uh, you know, claiming a source. Uh, I have to see this article though, that's, that's the annoying part. So, based on a report from ET News, and I finally got it up, uh, there, uh, Apple's looking to add OLED to some new iPad models, and it apparently could bolster, uh, and this is, could be a way to bolster demand in the small and medium sized OLED market. Which is there, and it's for. I mean, if you want to add displays for those, for, for you know, laptops and stuff. But obviously, there's not much demand, and so, it probably could add more demand in a sense. And basically, LG and Samsung display uh, are obviously looking to supply Apple these new OLED displays. So that's interesting. Um, so apparently, uh, according to the article, which is which is interesting. Uh, Assuming arithmetically, assuming that all 50 million iPads will convert to OLED, there'll be a new demand equivalent to 150 to 200 million iPhone OLEDs, 
which means that if Apple decides to start adding OLED on various iPads, you the uh, iPad Air and and there's another iPad Pro variant, then apparently that could add that could that could push the display industry to add more capacity uh, in terms of OLED, uh, you know, more more fabs kind of to make OLED, which could could happen possibly. Now, if it is it that big enough that it's going to bolster demand in that sector, maybe. I mean, I, I'm no expert in this, but but uh, um, but but Apple is a massive player, and we cannot deny its 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 impact on the uh, on it on the overall ecosystem. Moving on, uh, let's talk about Samsung. Uh, we've got a lot of information kind of coming out of the Z Fold 3. Uh, the the phone's been leaked out. I mentioned it on my Twitter account. And and interestingly enough, now the Z Fold 3 has started production. According to Roland Quant, uh, he's kind of claiming that Samsung is starting has started production of the Z Fold 3. Sorry, Z Fold 3. Apparently, could uh, it would have less? It basically uh, would be limited in production compared to the previous Z Fold device and probably the Z Flip 3. So uh, this is probably an interesting development, nonetheless. So these phones will launch very very soon later this summer or hopefully in the fall so that's something to look forward to the z fold 3 uh, along with the z flip 3 sort of uh the z fold 3 uh, will have a have a under display camera the first of its kind uh on the expand uh, the foldable display so you get an infinite view you could say and it'll have probably an almost bezel-less display on the outer and inner edge so that's something to look forward to uh, and speaking of uh, foldable phones, surprisingly, surprise, surprise, Samsung's display division has announced, has, uh, according to ET News, uh, Samsung's display division is now uh, planning to sell its ultra-thin glass technology to various manufacturers uh, across the world. And apparently, uh, players like Google and Xiaomi and Huawei are uh, are looking to buy ultra-thin glass from Samsung. That's something to uh, to talk about uh, which is quite interesting Samsung's ultra thin glass technology is top-notch and obviously it is uh, unlike anything in the industry when it comes to and obviously ultra thin glass is kind of key to offer a better foldable display theoretically so so uh, Samsung obviously was giving ultra thin glass to its own phones sort of Z flip and stuff and now brands like uh, Google could use it for their foldables which is interesting so that I think is a pretty good news and then uh, shifting gears really to Huawei uh, they're doing an event on today or June the 2nd uh, Wednesday June the 2nd where they're gonna show off uh, Harmony OS 2.0 which will probably be a little bit refined and obviously be ready to be rolled out on a broader range of of uh, devices now we all when well, we've kind of heard of Harmony OS it's Huawei's answer to Android and iOS in a sense and and they did introduce Harmony OS but on their smart TVs now they're planning to completely expand it straight to um, to phones tablets and variables which I think is exciting nonetheless um, and speaking of which uh, we could see a new tablet and a variable from Huawei at the event so that's something to look forward to they're, they're announced that they're gonna have some devices now, fortunately, this could run, both of them could probably run uh, Harmony OS. Now we'll see how good Harmony OS is. Hopefully, uh, so that's something to definitely look forward to. This next one is gonna be extremely bizarre. Realme's making dumb phones. I mean, 
I thought Realme was set on defying the odds and, you know, democratizing uh, access to cutting-edge tech and make everything affordable, and, okay? And now they're making a dumb feature phone. Genius. So apparently, there's some FCC filings for two uh, feature phones made, obviously, uh, with the branding of Realme's sub-brand called Diesel, uh, which I talked about earlier. And obviously, it's a new sub-brand where they focus on IoT products. And weirdly enough, they've already showed off some devices they're looking to launch. Um, so the Diesel Star 500 and Star 300 are these uh, interesting, they're li nicely designed uh, feature phones, like uh, this, this bit stylish design sort of. Uh, you wouldn't tell that these are dumb phones, kind of. But uh, just in case you're curious, the Diesel 300, Star 300 has a 2500 mAh battery. It's dual SIM, 2G only sadly. It's crazy in an era when rivaling feature phone brands are packing in 4G and in emerging markets now, 4G is the minimum now. In Pakistan, as an example, there are dumb phones that you can buy that have 4G access to 4G networks. And that's crucial as you're gonna have 5G and you need to shut off those 2G networks straight away because you know, they're a waste of time and money. And 4G and 5G networks are kind of important. Uh, feature phones on 4G would help because it would, it would give you access to things like WhatsApp and stuff, which I think is very, very important. Um, but yeah, that's 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 nuts to say the least that they're packing 2G. And the f as the fact, given the fact that in some countries, 2G services are shutting down as we speak. Some networks are telling you, well, you can buy a dumb phone on 4G. Nokia has dumb phones in 4G, which is crazy. So. You know, uh, Realme is making some mistakes right here. I don't know who they're targeting this to. I'm sure they're. I, and if you look at the IoT product, I'm sure they're looking at this make as a product for people who want a dumb, who don't, who want. This is probably your phone folks who are way too addicted to their smartphones need a ultra high focused device. They make calls and texts, and a dumb phone does that. But then you'd buy Nokia, frankly. They they probably make some good dumb phones to start with, uh, and it has a camera and a micro SD card slot, so you can put stuff in it. And then the, the Diesel Star 500 has a smaller battery and, well, almost the same features really. It's a little bigger though. And this is on top of the fact that they're planning to launch uh, earbuds and smartwatches with that brand name. So possibly we could see, um, we could see that happening uh, to say the least. So it's an interesting product kind of, um, you know. I don't know what's with Realme trying to launch a feature phone. It has f 2G, not even 4G minimum. That would help sort of a little bit. You know, I mean, oh well, who, who am I to judge? I mean, <laughs> uh, and moving, and finally, uh, and interestingly, uh, Honor, which just spinned off from Huawei, has, annou has been has annou is announcing that they're going to show off the Honor 50 series phones on June 16th, uh, giving a quick teaser on Sina Weibo, so that's interesting. Uh, obviously, these will be the first phones to come with Snapdragon chips in a long, long time, instead of Huawei's own chipsets, which I think is interesting. And the design kind of does look like it's pretty premium for the looks of it. So that's that. So I mean, if you're, if you're into that kind of stuff, then good for you. Uh, you know, June 16th. I mean, that's hopefully in 14 days, two weeks time. And Xiaomi have shown off, uh, this this came a few days ago, but Xiaomi showed off uh, something new. Uh, they showed off uh, that 200-watt uh, fast charging. 
not 150, 125 watt, 200 watt wired fast charging, and 120 watt wireless fast charging tech. So the idea is that wired fast charging, the one at 200 watts, is so fast that it could charge a 4,000 mAh battery in 8 minutes. And the wireless one can charge a phone within z from 0 to 100 in 15 minutes. Nuts. Um, you know, show me is elevating the game, as they say. So that's interesting. The fact that it can ch charge a 4,000 mAh battery in, in, in 8 minutes does speak wonders to, to innovation. Or show me is at least trying in that regard. So, yeah, I mean, the, those are all your mobile news, sort of. And interestingly, uh, LG, on May 31st, 2021, LG is, has stopped making phones altogether. Apparently, it, its plant in Vietnam uh, has stopped making phones. And instead, it'll start making home appliances, which is which is interesting to say the least. Uh, so yeah, so so stop making phones now. Any LG phones are remaining. If you want to get one, go rush, go rush and go and get them. Uh, and I don't know until when LG will keep supporting these phones, but but uh, yeah. So that's a sad day indeed. I mean, you probably will know LG stopped making phones a long back. They've announced they discontinued making phones to focus on EVs and IoT products. Uh, but today, but 31st May is like the day where they stopped producing phones. So. That kind of sucks, frankly. OnePlus is gonna release a brand new mid-range phone on June the 10th, or as or if Android folks at Android Central are to be, are, are to be believed, the Nord, OnePlus Nord CE 5G is planning to is planning to be launched on June 10th. It's a mid-range phone, features a Snapdragon 750G chip, the the variety that has been seen on mid-rangers from Samsung and, and Xiaomi. So on top of having a Snapdragon 750G, this would have a 64 megapixel main camera, probably that same Sony sensor that's on a lot of phones. It features a 6.43 inch AMOLED display with a 90 hertz refresh rate, potentially like the original Nord that came around this time last year, in the summer of last year. But aside from that, uh, the phone's plan is, is gonna launch on June 10th, potentially. In Europe and India, uh, pre-orders would start on June 11th, according to the website. I mean, OnePlus hasn't an, an officially kind of announced that they're launching the Nord CE, uh, so that's something to look forward to. And the phone will go on sale on June 16th, according to Android Central. So that's something interesting. This could look like a promising mid-ranger phone, uh, especially with the OnePlus branding. Uh, it, it could probably compete with Samsung really well in places where Samsung phones are sold just like OnePlus phones. So, uh, but this is on top of the fact that we've been hearing rumors that a Nord 2 would be coming out and a Nord N200 could launch on top of this phone. OnePlus has kind of confirmed this phone's coming so that's exciting nonetheless. It's, it looks like a really good mid-range phone. It, it's a little similar to Nord original Nord phone. That's sold like wild cake, uh, hard cakes. Well, let's say wild kicks, like hot kicks. So, yeah, it could come with a headphone jack potentially. So that's exciting. This week, uh, Computex is happening, so which is the incredibly famous show where they show off everything in IT and computing, and obviously, P it's everything to do with PCs and PC technology, new CPUs, new GPUs. AMD and Nvidia almost like the same day had their respective keynotes, and they, and both companies showed up. Both companies being quite famous 
GPU rivals have shown off their latest and greatest chips. Uh, we probably first have to talk about NVIDIA because they had probably a bigger, had probably had a bigger uh, launch event in that regard. So, um, so all in all, NVIDIA has uh, shown off their brand new GPUs, the 3070 Ti and the 3080 Ti. If you know a Ti, a Titan, a Titan variant of these uh, GPUs, which is wonderful. Now, we first got to talk about the 3080 Ti, which is the, the RTX 3080 Ti, which is the more beefier of the two that has come out. And for context, in front of the 1080 Ti, it is two times faster in traditional rasterization and is overall much faster in ray tracing, given that it has RTX available. Interesting enough, it has 12 gigabytes of GDDR6X memory, uh, allowing you to sort of uh, go, basically go through so much content creation. I mean, boost rendering and processing times, and much, much more. So, in terms of specs, the NVIDIA RTX 3080 Ti pretty much comes with 10,240 CUDA cores, with a base clock of 1.37 gigahertz, can go up to 1.67 gigahertz. 12GB of GDDR6X RAM runs on 384-bit memory interface. Um, you'll probably need 350 watts of overall power from your Jeep, uh, from your uh, power supply, uh, but recommended you probably have 750 watts. So this is quite an interesting uh, pro processor, to say the least, and you probably get a dramatic uh, boost in frame rates when playing games, in especially in Minecraft RTX mode where you probably get well over 80 frames per second, which is impressive to say the least. Uh, so, yeah. So this graphics card will essentially sit between the 380 and the 390 in terms of specifications. And in terms of price, right over there, the 380 Ti will set you back 1200 US dollars out of the gate. So that's a very hefty amount to say the least. It's, it's a lot of money for a graphics card. Especially given that it's kind of hard to find other graphics cards at the moment, even like the 360. Uh, but if you want to get a high-end graphics card at its MSRP, well, if you're able to pre-order it, you can. Uh, this graphics card, the 380 Ti, will launch, uh, will be available on June the 3rd uh, at 1,200 bucks, and you're able to get obviously usual. Uh, you can get the uh, regular NVIDIA version, the Founders Edition, or uh, you can get from various vendors and for everyone from EVGA to Gigabyte will have a variant of the card so that's fun stuff in that regard uh, th then there's the slightly lower watered down brother of the 380 Ti the 370 Ti which obviously is a bit more affordable it has slightly lower performance overall uh, apparently the 370 Ti is about is roughly 1.5 times faster than the 2070 Super uh, with the 20 series card so it's a pretty good upgrade if you've been looking to get a brand new GPU in that regard and you don't want to spend an arm and leg and a kidney in that matter uh, in that regard which is kind of interesting to say the least um, and obviously this boost in performance is thanks to more cores and super fast GDDR6 X memory which is in both cards to start with um, primarily um, where is the information about the graphics cards? So you got these two new graphics cards, to say the least. Um, and um, so essentially, you uh, the 3070 Ti has 6,144 CUDA cores, a base clock of 1.58 gigahertz, and a max and a boost clock of 1.77 gigahertz. 
8 gigabytes of GDDR6X memory, so it's a little faster in that regard. Runs on 256-bit memory interface. Uh, you and for overall power draw, this card will draw 290 watts of power. But generally, Nvidia would recommend that you have 750 watts of power for the card to give it all that performance out there. Now I mentioned that this is the cheaper variant of the 3080 Ti. This card costs, get this, $600 starting. It'll be available uh, a week after the 3080 Ti uh, on June 10th. Hopefully these, these cards are still available in stock. Uh, so yeah, so you have these brand new cards from Nvidia and it is interesting to say the least. And obviously Nvidia is obviously showing off some new uh, you know, servers that are great for cloud and AI tasks, which I think are wonderful. Uh, you know, it's more power to them in that regard, but uh, that's Nvidia's announcements primarily. Uh, AMD, on the other, on the flip side, have talked further, obviously, on Nvidia's level. They also have like high-performance servers for cloud and AI tasks, and obviously, they're focusing. They obviously they're working towards processors for a wide range of devices. Now, that's the interesting part. AMD, they also have a a, a very competitive offering of graphics cards and CPUs and they've eaten the PC market in that regard but also interestingly they've designed chips for consoles for cars for servers and so the technology kind of spreads all over the place in that regard but speaking of which um, uh, they've released a brand new uh, GPU the Radeon RX 6000M series mobile graphics cards uh, for laptops for ultrabooks so the 6000 the RX 6000M is built on RDNA 2 architecture which is incredibly great it's powering the PS5 in that sense and the Xbox Series X and S which is wonderful and a lot of AMD GPUs to this date um, it delivers up to 1.5 times higher performance or 43% lower power level uh, in the same performance level compared to the first generation RDNA technology is interesting uh, it also brings some some other cool technologies to laptops, including Infinity Cache and DirectX ray tracing. Uh, so Infinity Cache essentially uh, on the GPU you have very high levels of last level cache, so up to 96 megabytes. That means it gives you uh, lower latency and obviously and uh, and lower power performance because you know it's a little faster theoretically. It's right there, and interestingly enough. Um, there's also DirectX ray tracing was wonderful, but primarily speaking, uh, you have four op uh, you have three options. Sorry, you have the RX 6800M, the mobile desktop, a mobile chip, and you get this is the highest end variant of the of these new mobile GPUs. You have 40 compute units and ray accelerators, 12 gigabytes of GDDR6 RAM. It's clocked. Ga it's game clock, pretty much. It's a generic term. Uh, when it's when you're playing games it, this is how fast it will run theoretically uh, it's game clock it'll run at 2.3 gigahertz at 145 watts for pretty beefy gaming laptops uh, from like Asus and MSI hopefully runs on a 192 bit memory interface it has 96 megabytes of infinity cache which is onboard cache on the GPU which is interesting then there's the 6700M which has uh, 36 compute units, 10 gigabytes of GDDR6 RAM. Also runs at 2.2 gigahertz, but at a lower uh, wattage at 135 watts. 
It uses a 160-bit memory interface and has 80 megabytes of Infinity Cache, so it's slightly lower, watered down from the 6800M. And then there's the lowest of the bunch, which is the RX 6600M, 28 compute cores, 8 gigabytes of GTR6 RAM, uh, 2.177 uh, gigahertz clock when playing games at 100 watts. 128-bit memory interface and 32 megabytes of RAM, so this kind of competes with your 3060 in that regard, uh, the mobile variant. So that's interesting to say the least. Um, so, so, and this is all along with the fact that AMD is starting to do a new thing called Advantage Design Framework, where the AMD is going to work a little much closely with gaming laptop makers and PC makers in general, and they're going to add some interesting technology and obviously add uh, AMD technology obviously to those computers, uh, better processors, better GPUs, uh, better better functionality to offer faster gaming performance or faster performance in general. That's interesting to say the least. Um, so there you kind of have it. These are probably AMD's new GPUs primarily. Um, could, there is something pulled up I have, but it's. And also, uh, in case you're wondering if you may not get an AMD GPU, AMD's announced that uh, its RX 6000 chi mobile chips will be in gaming laptops from brands like Asus, HP, Lenovo, MSI, and much, much more. So there's something to definitely look forward to, and obviously, uh, this will come later in the year, obviously, when they're doing laptops with these chips, so that's interesting. So, new mobile GPUs, That's I think that's fun to see. A competitor competing with NVIDIA's Max-Q chips, which obviously help offer ultra thin gaming laptops you know like the rog uh swift laptops you know that kind so that's that but amd obviously does more than just a gaming processor uh, gpus kind of uh apparently they have a collaborate they're collaborating with samsung to create a new exynos chipset chip uh and i'll probably quote amd here amd is partnering with samsung on its next generation exynos soc which will feature custom AMD RDNA 2 architecture-based graphics IP that brings ray tracing and variable rate shading capabilities to flagship mobile devices. Quite a mouthful, but it's it's exciting. So Samsung is obviously could be making a new chip and it could have an AMD GPU that has ray tracing and obviously features coming from gaming laptops and stuff, which I think is wonderful. Apparently this could come next year, hopefully. So that's exciting. Uh, it's crazy how desktop performance and mobile performance is almost catching up and almost coming on a leveling playing field. So that's interesting. And then Samsung, actually, not not even like Apple or something. Apple's well ahead. It, it's putting an M1 chip in the iPad, which is surprising. And then more than everything, uh, AMD in its Computex keynote, while talking about these new mobile GPUs, uh, mentioned that Tesla's brand new variant uh, 2021 model s and x uh, because uh, they have a new infotainment system that lets people play really good games triple a games and stuff uh, apparently this is thanks to amd processors uh, so tesla's new infotainment system that's in the new model s and x for 2021 features an amd ryzen processor with a amd rdna 2 gpu and when combined it can offer up to 10 teraflops of compute power I kind of can see where Tesla's coming with uh, with its mention of console-like gaming. So yeah, it's an AMD GPU, and apparently it's a little less powerful than a PS5, ironically. So no surprises here, kind of. I mean, they, I mean, it's kind of cool that 
Tesla has worked with AMD and brought AMD, brought an AMD chip. Surprisingly, uh, speaking of cars, Tesla's Tesla's processors are in are in the Mercedes Benz EQS, I believe. So that's kind of interesting to say the least. Um, but ten up to ten teraflops is powerful. That that competes with games consoles uh, of the same variety, and uh, it probably is a good selling point for the Model S and X. I mean, you'd buy a Model S because you could play really cool games on it. Um, interestingly enough, Elon Musk has mentioned that the Model S played will start deliveries on June 10th. So this we're actually not that far from seeing a uh, Tesla that obviously has a beefy console in the center in the center con in the center dash which is crazy so uh, that's that's wonderful to say the least i mean it's it's i mean there you have it kind of nvidia and, and amd have brand new gpus really uh, so they're really boosting the really bringing a lot of heat to the game here i mean uh, that's amazing so i think most people may not know this but a few weeks ago uh, discovery announced the famous documentary broadcaster of the same name Announced that they're merging with Warner, with with Warner Media, the folks behind the HBO Network and Warner, the Warner Brothers Studio, and now, uh, aside from the merger, hope planning to be you know done by next year, they have a name for their combined company. You want to take a guess? Uh, I'll let you guess. Okay, uh, you know let let let's just jump straight. Warner Bro Warner Bros Discovery. I really wish this was an April Fool's joke, but this is the actual name of the merged company eventually when they do get merged and their merger is accepted by regulators. They'll be called Warner Brothers Discovery, which is a very long name. Uh, I mean, sounds like a name of a theme park, frankly. And a slogan for the company, the stuff that dreams are made of. So it's kind of it's kind of utilizing the legacy of the Warner Brothers movie studio, the the iconic water tower you know the bugs bunny and all that kind of stuff so it's interesting to say the least uh so you know so um so but uh but aside from the name this combined company could be a behemoth in streaming like it could be the third biggest name in streaming after disney and netflix like apparently according to discovery's ceo who's kind of talked a lot about the merger um you know He's kind of mentioned that this combined company, once merged, could spend up to $20 billion a year on new content and could reach 400 million subscribers with their streaming services, which is beef, it's powerful to say the least. So, yeah, I mean, the name is quite complicated, it's funny, but but uh, it's an interesting development. And, I mean, the streaming wars is heating up. I mean, recently, I mean, last week, Amazon's bought out MGM, which is the very famous studio behind James Bond. Obviously, the direct, the producers behind James Bond responded by saying that they're not going to move No Time to Die to to streaming services like Prime Video. Although they Prime Video could do theatrical, uh, obviously could move movies from theatrical to streaming. They've done that for things like Borat 2 and stuff. But uh, I mean, but uh, Bond's producers have said no so far. So uh, they're they're dead set on seeing that movie released in cinemas. So that's interesting. Uh, I mean. Um, so uh, the streaming wars is heating up. I mean, uh, so that's that really. Man, I mean, it's been difficult trying to do this podcast. Like getting back into the groove of doing this podcast after so many weeks. Like it's not easy, to say the least. And I've taken so much time trying to make this. It's probably three in the morning now, literally. 
But uh, what do you think of the podcast? Let me and everything you've heard today. Let me know on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Sayed underscore Mom 99. Follow me there if you can. And obviously, send me a message if you can. That'd be interesting. I'd love to talk to all of you, all of you, kind of, if that's possible. Uh, but yeah, aside from that, kind of starting a brand new podcast called Mammoth's Track Talk. We're going to talk about Formula One, Formula E, hopefully, and uh, obviously more sports, cars in general. So uh, hopefully I'll try to drop the first episode hopefully by today or tomorrow or whenever I can. Uh, when I do post it, do check out my socials for more information. But aside from that, thank you for listening. Uh, it's your boy signing out. Uh, till Thursday, take care, stay safe, have a great day, and I'll see you on Thursday hopefully with another episode of Mons Gacha Talk. All right? Uh, peace. Uh, and yeah, ciao. Thank you for listening.